General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, a podcast covering Blood Red Skies, a game of World War II aerial combat. Welcome back, everyone, to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. So we talked last episode with Andy Chambers, talked to him about airstrike, all the upcoming changes, and that's probably a good reason to go back and kind of reset with a couple of our previous guests. Tonight, we're going to talk to that purveyor of small little plastic decals, little printed things that you can put on your plastic and resin miniatures, Kevin Hammond, the owner of Miscellaneous Miniatures. Kevin, it's awesome to have you on the podcast again tonight. That's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brett, we've got you on tonight. I know you've been consuming these decals at the cyclic rate. Uh, it's good to have you on, brother. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed because I need to hit Kevin up for some more decals and uh, he's probably not going to want to talk to me because <laughs> I come up with things I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to keep ordering the things he has already created. Stop creating more work for him doing these custom ones. At least exactly. get him something that he can print off and put in an envelope and mail to you. Well, no, it's it's good to have everyone on. Uh, I, I laugh because we were talking in the segment beforehand about how far behind I am in my hobby uh, work. I was good enough to pack up my nice little stack of uh, miscellaneous minis, custom decals by Kevin Hammond, took them all the way to Alabama with me and brought them all all the way back, not having used a single one of them. <laughs> None of my airplanes left their uh, their plastic containers. So, Kevin, I apologize. Uh, I have gotten uh, none of this work done. I know there's a few custom sets. You said, hey, I really want to see those, and we'll continue to wait. <laughs> but thanks. I, I do appreciate it. And, and it's great to go out to your website. I know you probably have a lot of new stuff that you've dropped out there because uh, I haven't been there at least in a month or so, and I'm already looking and seeing things like Egyptian Air Force roundels, uh, some other stuff in a variety of scales, obviously a bunch of Hurricane and, and Battle of Britain. What's What's been popular recently? What has everyone been ordering? Uh, recently, a uh, lot of stuff for the Pacific, uh, okay. U.S., Japanese primarily, but then some Australian, some British, a uh, couple of New Zealand in there. And uh, Stalingrad's picking up, and they said Malta. Good. Well, and hopefully uh, we'll see some Stalingrad uh, really to take off a little bit here uh, with the the Stalingrad campaign books coming out, this focus uh, from bolt action and everything onto Stalingrad, and then probably some more Blood Red Skies scenarios. Maybe Warlord themselves will kick out a few scenarios. So hopefully that'll stir up a little bit of business and, and maybe some more Stalingrad work where it's not making custom ones. It's actually going out and then just reprinting the same ones you've already generated for us, for those of us that make those requests. I, I was happy to see the Egyptian roundels. That's a whole side project of mine. I'm sure I have a bunch of MIGs that I need to do up, uh, but it's good to see those in one 200 scale. Have you started getting some orders for some 1950s era air forces besides some of the standard stuff? I uh, get a few uh, orders, mostly for uh, Marine, Navy, and, and Air Force. A couple of for the Koreans. Um, some requests for Vietnam, but not too many more requests, new requests for yeah, we'll see how things go with Vietnam. As uh, as Andy was saying the other day, there's obviously a push. Some people want to move the uh, Blood Red Skies game forward into that era a little bit and missile combat and some of the, the difficulties that brings out. Uh, so we'll see. So maybe you'll have some business there. Uh, I know for me, I'm going to be happy uh, working with the 1950s era Air Forces uh, that you did some custom work, the uh, the Pakistani Air Force and then the uh, the Royal or the Republic of China, the Taiwanese Air Force. Uh, working on those, I still got a few of those left to do with my F eighty sixes. But those are those are super great and wonderful uh, wonderful uh, decals to work with. I, I'm sure you probably laughed if you heard my story of not being smart enough to use the no step lines the way you intended uh, <laughs> and trying to apply them as separate lines <laughs> instead of keeping them all together. And then I realized what a genius you were and what an idiot I was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, get, you get rid of all that decal film and cut them out. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I've got to get rid of the extra film. No, the, the film would have kept me from sitting there and, and tapping them and, and moving them minutely back and forth to get the no step lines. But to be honest, the decals, the decal detail is great. Uh, if people haven't seen it, it's over on our Instagram and on our Facebook uh, a couple months ago, because it's the last time I worked on the F-86s. 
Um, but uh, I think it's really, really pretty neat decal work that you did for me there. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Brett, what are some of the things that you've uh, ordered recently? I know you've been uh, keeping him busy with a lot of different, different topics. Man, I, I think I, I don't know if Kevin likes me. I, I've, <laughs> I've asked him to do so many things. It seems recently I've had a short break cause I've switched from uh, some of the work I was doing on Malta and I've been doing a bunch of research on Stalingrad, which is kind of queuing up a whole list of things that uh, I may send Kevin's way. But um, yeah, uh, Kevin's done a ton of sheets for Malta and he's already done some stuff for Stalingrad. Uh, it's been awesome because there's kind of a lot of variety in there. Strangely enough, you would think Malta, you know, it wouldn't be, I mean, if you're a layperson, you might think, oh, okay, you got a little Luftwaffe, you got a little RAF, maybe some Italians in there. But uh, at least in the Luftwaffe side, there was a lot of variety of units that you know came and went. And uh, Kevin's been extraordinary in, in being able to pump out some sheets and stuff to help represent that stuff on the table. So it's been really cool. And Stalingrad, Stalingrad is kind of the same way. There's um, some key units and stuff, but a, a lot of variety of, of units. When you think about uh, the aircraft involved, you know, from HE-111s to Stukas and BF-109s. I mean, there's kind of all kinds of stuff going on there from some uh, multiple units. And to be able to represent those on the tables with, with those uh, with those decals, it's really making it uh, really fun and, and exciting. It looks visually really nice to and know that it's representing something that might be uh, somewhat accurate historically. Well, Kevin, I, I, I have to tell you, you probably laugh when you see Brett's orders because I seriously cannot give him a scenario where he doesn't max out how many aircraft he needs for it. So <laughs> if you wonder why the heck all of a sudden does he come up with needing another 40 different aircraft for Stalingrad? Didn't you just order 40 other, you know, BF 109s and everything else from Alta? Yes, yes. He wants the exact correct squadrons. So I'd be happy if I just threw a little white paint on them. But <laughs> so. Doug's embellishing just a little bit, but there is a, I do kind of go a little nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But uh, I, I like the way you, uh, you present your request where you have the uh, the background research pretty much complete that's uh although i i like history it does take a lot of time to go back and do the research to find out you know the uh, codes that were and were not there the the emblems the change you know what was what was different uh what hadn't changed uh, yeah the more information i get up front the easier you recently did a really interesting sheet for Stalingrad for the JU-52s. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did for that? Because that was a quite a collaboration. You did far more than I asked for. It was, and I, and I think it's an impressive sheet because it gives you so much variety. Yeah, with Stalingrad, the uh, there's a lot of desperation on the German side, and I, I think that's reflected in that sheet. The uh, it's got uh, four different sets for, uh, or yeah, four different uh, decal sets for JU-52s. Each one is from a different unit and a show the uh, the hodgepodge mix of them just you know desperately trying to get uh, supplies and troops moved to the front and it's got an air ambulance uh, set for trying to get the wounded soldiers back so that that was fun uh just because of the the variety that's included in it it's really cool i just finished painting up uh one and used the used the decal set for the blind flying school which I just thought was super cool. I mean, here's here's a unit. I think you know the Luftwaffe had to basically take every Ju-52 they had anywhere and send it there to try to help out. And anyway, uh, there was some historical photographs of a an aircraft from a a training school that was pressed into service in the airlift, and and you created the decals for that, and that was really really cool. I just finished that one. I'll get you pictures of that soon. I'd appreciate it. There's a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff I'm starting to explore when it comes to uh, Stalingrad specifically that's out there. Uh, most notably, uh, some uh, BF 109Gs from a couple of units and uh, some Stukas. So uh, I found some pretty cool stuff. I mean, there were some periods in there when. Uh, even Stukas were painted white. I might try to do that, but uh, to have the actual uh, fuselage numbers and stuff represent the aircraft that 
or in that area is uh, pretty cool. And I know that's something that's uh, that you're able to do. And I really appreciate all the work you've done for that. You've your contribution to what we've done already for the Malta table for Adepticon 2020 is going to help that table look outstanding. And I, you know, I think we're really close to getting everything done for Stalingrad too. Um, I'm currently painting pretty much the very last of the stuff for the Luftwaffe side of the Malta table. And I'm, I've got a small queue of stuff for Stalingrad. So I think we'll get it all done just in time for the, for the table at Adepticon. But uh, your role in that is can't be um, diminished in any way because those, uh, those decals, they look awesome. And I see it all the time on uh, the uh, Ready Room Facebook page. People asking, hey, where do you guys get decals? Uh, I don't mean that they're asking me specifically, but I just see posts where folks are asking the audience at large, where are good places to get de decals? And I can say with uh, full confidence that everybody needs to come see you because you've got such variety already and the ability to, to uh, make other things as well. Uh, not even just in the one to 200 scale. Can you tell us a little about, about some of the other projects you do outside of uh, one to 200? Yeah, uh, sure. Two of the ones I uh, just finished one today and put up was the, uh, some uh, numbers and then uh, Eagle, emblems for the 12, 27th Aero Squadron in World War One. That's 1 144th scale. And then uh, last week I finished a 1 600 scale set for the 41st Bomb Wing. It's got three sheets. Each sheet is a, a different bomb group. And then each of those sheets has three different, three or four squadrons on it. Uh, uh, 1 to 600? Are you kidding me? What is that for? Uh, I think they're playing uh, check your six oh so they but uh individual wanted to represent a uh raid wanted to have 64 models bomber on the table and it looks cool i'll tell you looking at those painted b-52s especially with the the lizard camo the southeast asia style camo uh that looks cool so the, the, i don't know how taxing that was uh for, for one six hundred work for you to do all the lines and aircraft detail work and stuff like that, but holy cow, that that looks like it turned out well. Thanks, but yeah, they're uh, can use pretty much the same information. It's just a matter of getting it scaled to the model itself. And there's you know different vendors, and they're not you know just like one two hundred. They're not exactly the same between vendors. So you got to make a little adjustment. That's a good point. You, that was something we did together recently. Uh, I did a repaint of a one to two hundred uh, diecast uh, B twenty nine. I was desperate to get a B twenty nine on the table, and Dave's mold wasn't uh, he wasn't ready to be able to produce some for some time. And 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 actually, when I heard from Dave at um, at uh, his shop that he was not going to be able to produce for a while, I, I didn't know that it was a temporary thing. I thought. It's just B-29s weren't going to be available in resin really at all. So I was desperate. I think Doug actually found something on Amazon. It was a, you know, a, we had a display, not a toy really, but a little pre already painted, fully painted die cast B-29 in one and 200 scale coincidentally. And I thought, you know, heck, I could get that and I could just do a repaint. And uh, you made the decals for that, but you, I actually sent that to you. You, you had to, compare that to uh, models you had right yeah i compared i had one from dave and uh the uh the decals needed a little adjustment but in the end i got a set that i was happy with that fit on both that's that's not a problem there is sometimes between the uh the warlord games models and the uh the aim models there'll be a difference in the fuselage size or something like that you know, different size crosses, different size stars. And I have noticed that there's slight differences. And so I just did a couple of AIM BF 109 uh, Fs, I think they were, and they're slightly larger than the ones that I had before, but uh, not from him. I guess I had, you know, they were, maybe they were emails. Yeah, I guess they were emails. I had, I had some emails from Warlord Games, and then I had a couple of random ones to fill in that I got from David AIM and slight difference but you know when they're packed together on the table they look fine they don't they don't really stand out but i could see how when you're trying to 
put together precise decals and stuff, that little difference in the model size is going to potentially throw you off. And uh, you did a wonderful job on those B29 decals. They look great. And uh, I've since grabbed um, three more resin ones from Dave. He, he was able to get those back in production and got me some. And uh, I'll be uh, putting those together, at least a couple of them here pretty soon, once I get through some of this other stuff that's on the queue. But uh, really looking forward to getting those decals uh, as well. They all look so good. Yeah, yeah the uh, the B29 decals, if you still need it, I'm looking at starting those in about a week. Cozy Kid and Command Decision. and the Command Decision is such a cool looking model, I think. Cause to me, when I look at it, just because it has that black uh, camouflage, that night camouflage or whatever you would call that, the black underbelly uh, that goes across the whole aircraft, it really stands out to me. And certainly just right off, when you see it visually, you know that's a Korean era B-29. It's that, that color scheme is so cool. So I'm looking forward to painting that one up because that certainly has that, that look to it. And uh, there's no doubting that that's a, that's a Korean B-29 when you see it. Yeah, it's interesting looking at some of the different uh, decals and then the the subjects, painted subjects that you've got on your site. Uh, did you do those one 600 stale B-52s yourself or is that uh, was that done by the client that you did the, the decals for? Uh, the B-52s I painted. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, so the interesting thing, and this is always a one of those continual arguments we have, and I'm sure you've gone through this a million times, is is how do you show the detail? And when I looked at the uh, the B-52, I realized... Hey, he thought of a good way to cheat because obviously the uh, the no step walkway lines work great, but then you can also add detail around the upper side of the aircraft and everything with a decal. So when you're working a a really small miniature like that, um, I thought they both turned out great. You know the the H model and then I guess it was the other one was the D model or D or an E, um, and, and I thought it looked really good because you didn't it kind of masked how flat the model itself is at one 600 scale. Cause that's a tiny airplane, even for a B 52. Um, but I thought that was a pretty cool way to, to add the detail in. Uh, so you could really see it. Yeah. Long ago and, and far away, uh, before I started the business, I was printing the, an inkjet and I did a, a set for F eighties, the A models. And they had the, all the, the lines done, the panel lines and whatnot. Yeah, that 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 makes it really easy then to have it as part of the decal. Yeah, well, I've got pictures of them now, but the the files have been <laughs> long gone, unfortunately. <laughs> long gone. <laughs> well, so if if someone was going to come to you and they had their specific product and aircraft, you know, kind of, can you give me a a listing of the the first kind of things you need besides we've talked about? Hey, you need to know what model it is. Are we basing it on let's say it's a one two hundredth one? Is it AIM? Is it is it Warlord? What other historical data do you like people to compile? Because I know we can go from the overload level that sometimes Brett and I send uh, to sometimes it's kind of like my first request of, hey, uh, Sabres, Pakistani Air Force, <laughs> 1950s and 60s, go. Uh, what, what kind of things do you really want to hear from people? Uh, okay, like you said, the vendor. Who's making the model? What scale? How many customer needs uh, is a part of that? And then I need the customer to, if possible, give me seven to 14 uh, other aircraft's worth of either references or information, and then any special uh, things that they want to see, like this particular aircraft I want in there. Uh, and the reason I ask for seven to 14 other, or information on seven, 14 other aircraft is because I'm not going to charge the customer a you know, hundred bucks for design fee. I'm going to charge them five bucks for a decal sheet, but then I want to be able to take that sheet and put it in the store so I can sell it. So I, you know, I make a profit on volume. Well, I think that's what some people may not realize is if they haven't gotten to your website that um, you're just not selling necessarily a one-off six airplane a uh, little part of a mini squadron here, like you might get in the Warlord box or in some other companies' box sets. Uh, not only do you go out there and say, hey, I want to find something from number you know, 140 squadron, but usually you've got multiple different iterations of it, not just for 
the different manufacturers, but then for different, you know, aircraft in the squadron or even different time periods. So I, I think uh, sometimes you know, people may not realize there's a good thing to giving you a lot of this information because then it kind of broadens the the scope of what uh, what you can offer to everybody else. Right. It's like uh, a recent one with the 109E was, I, and I didn't know the 109E was used in Spain during the Spanish Civil War, but an individual uh, wanted a squadron from the Condor Legion, and he sent me the three squadrons worth of information and just wanted one of them, but I made three sheets because, you know, there are other people that want Spanish Civil War marking. So yeah. now they've got a choice for all three of the squadrons that flew 109Es. Well, my problem is half of the time when I go to your website, I sit there and I go, all right, I know what I'm looking for, and I'll go find that one decal sheet. But the problem is everyone else's cool custom work that you've done <laughs> makes me want to acquire more. Like I was just looking, I had gone through the one 200 them like, there won't be anything I'm interested in. Then all of a sudden there is Somali and Ethiopian uh, MiG and and Hunter and Canberra aircraft for the Ogaden War uh, time frame in the 1950s. I'm like, damn it, Kevin! <laughs> now I have yeah, a whole other series they, of paint schemes I can do. <laughs> and I've got the the decal size for Mirage F1s for uh, South African Air Force and the Iraqi oh, Air Force. Don't tell me that because I'm even just getting lost on the on the North Vietnamese Air Force ones right now. So I'm I'm laughing to myself going. Okay, I think I know the jets that I can acquire and that I can put decals on and not feel bad about it without starting three or four different other bush wars that I'll be <laughs> I'll be painting and modeling aircraft for. Because because to be honest, one of the things you'll probably see here soon is um, as more people are playing MIG Alley uh, and as statistics for some of these other aircraft are getting out there, at least specifically in blood red skies, um, more people are starting to realize they can they can play other wars other than World War II and Korea. Um, and so kind of like when I came to you and asked for the, the other two uh, Asian Air Forces, I think you're probably going to see that a little bit more with Blood Red Skies. And so hopefully it'll, it'll fill out here to where you're just printing ones you've already designed and not having to go out and research uh, other conflicts and, and other Air Forces. Yeah, speaking of those, uh, shortly after the B-29s, I'll be doing uh, 1-200 Indian Air Force and the Red Chinese. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Those would probably be more generic sheets uh, with with the roundels and the stars and a couple of different sizes and then numbers, just because there's not a, a significant amount of uh, unit marking that are unique. Right. Well, and that's that's kind of the nice thing on some of them, like painting the Chinese Air Force MIGs. Uh, as you as you go through some of them, uh, it makes it pretty easy to just put different nose numbers on there. Maybe change the style of how the the nose painting is done, and then then you're pretty much finished. It's not a, it's not a whole lot of uh, of small nose art and uh, and extraneous little decals that that really add that level of realism. But I'll tell you, there comes a point for me working at one two hundred scale where I'm like, oh, thank God it's MIGs and Sabers, something that's really easy to do. <laughs> That's nice and silver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and Brett will laugh at me. I finally got my uh, shipment of Flory Wash in because it had been out of stock when I tried to order it last time. So uh, I'm back and re-equipped to do, uh, to do more silver airplanes and get those working. Um, but, I, you know, I'll have to experiment with some of the camouflage. And as we're doing uh, a lot of the other um, scenarios and, and work around Korea, and you get that sudden change in the um, – in the the communist forces uh, at the end of the Korean war, we start getting camouflage painted aircraft. I'm starting to have to look at them and go, okay, do I need numbers and letters in you know different colors or, okay, thank God they're all still red. <laughs> Can I still get away with it? <laughs> I have such a big variety at the one to 200 scale, but if I was go on and see, you're looking for something specifically and not see it on there. Should I look in your other scale offerings to see if it may be there? Is that a, is that something that's an easy conversion from one scale to another. If it perhaps uh, you don't, yeah, you don't necessarily need to look through the rest of the site to see if it's there. Uh, you just send me an email or go to the website and go through the, uh, the contact route and just let me, just let me know what you want. Um, so I've re recently put up some Croatian marking world war two. Cause somebody wanted some. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I've seen some photos 
on the ready room of folks throwing up stuff that's, uh, you know, maybe more obscure or whatever. But the fact, I mean, just that that's available, that, that somebody could go to your website, get just about anything you can conceive of for World War II or even beyond that, you know, kind of narrowing the conversation really to this BR, uh, Blood Red Skies thing. You know, somebody could go in there and pretty much satisfy any unit marking that is out there. And most of them are already on your site and readily available. So it's really awesome that, that that's there. I mean, it's yeah, probably underrepresented right now is, I'd say, French and over, overrepresented would be Romanian. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a few of those that I look at and I laugh and I go, well, that was obviously a one, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> For the Romanians, I got the, the Hurricanes, the IRA 80s, the 109s, 190s, 110s, uh, HU-111s, JU-88s. Hey, it's, it's good. You've covered, I think, every platform <laughs> they had. So, yeah. Nice work. Yeah, some of these I look at and I go, this it must have been a pain to design some of them, like the P-47s with nose art and and some of the swooshes and everything they've got on them. Um, it, how have you had a project recently that just got really frustrating to try to get it to scale properly to the aircraft and look as as unobtrusive as a decal and look more like a paint job than, uh, than just a, a, a water slide decal? I can't think of any that have been uh, recent ones. Uh, there, was, there was a Mustang unit that I did, uh, I think it was last year, and I think it took me the better part of five months. But I had the checkered nose, but the entire front end's checkered. Wow. Yeah, you have more patience than I do to, <laughs> to lay that and, one out. <laughs> and that, that was you know, putting masking tape on, drawing lines on the masking tape, taking the tape off. You know, scanning the tape, that kind of stuff. And it was just, yeah, I'm going to put it away. But uh, in the end, you can get a checker nose P51 if you have patience. And <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, you probably saved somebody a lot of frustration there uh, by having that as a decal instead of them having to go in and do individual checks. Uh, I know I probably need to uh, put in a uh, an order for uh, a variety of checker nosed aircraft as uh you know, VFA or V, let me get it right here, VMA 533, and then VMFA 533, and then all through all of its iterations uh, with the Hawks and their blue and white checks. So I'll need those at some point, but that's that's years away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that was a, a little bit of a challenge doing FNA 18s for what's VFA 31? Is that what I said a while ago? Uh, right. I was just looking at that one out there. The, uh, and the challenge with that is that most of the markings are either black or some variation of gray, which shouldn't be that hard to do. But since the uh, and it, the, the printer prints black just fine, but under anything other than black, it will print uh, white under. It'll print right. white first, and sometimes you'll you'll see a little bit of registration issue. And that gets to be a problem if you're printing gray because it'll try and print the white. And then, you know, you just end up with an overrepresentation of white, a white edge on one side that doesn't look right. So playing with that, trying to get a, a print it as a transparent, you know, 50% transparency or half black and nothing else kind of so, thing. So if we want to push you over the edge, we should order a lot more modern. U.S. Navy uh, subdued. subdued. <laughs> <Three cows>. anything, <laughs> anything subdued that's not black or white. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I will not be ordering any of those anytime soon then. I will order all <laughs> all high-vis decals from you uh, just for that reason. I can I can understand that would be frustrating. But once again, your attention to detail is obvious when you sit there and you, you go look at the decal sheet and knowing the behind the scenes of, of how much effort it takes to try to print gray and things like that. You sit there and go, okay, that was it was a lot of time to get that one right. Well, Brett, what were some of the other projects and things you've worked on? I know you've done so much stuff with Malta uh, and uh, been working through Stalingrad and then obviously Korea with the B-29s. What were some of the other things you had kind of on the the uh, horizon uh, to work with Kevin on? Oh, yeah. Well, I know that for Stalingrad, I've got a short queue of um, some, some HE-111s 
I think they're from STG 77. There was, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, Kevin and I, there, I found a, um, some type of document, Luftwaffe document that showed the very, it was like a, a manifest or some type of log book that showed uh, the last three aircraft that managed to land at Potomac for aerial resupply. There were three HE-111s and it had the, uh, it had the, uh, aircraft numbers, you know, the, the fuselage numbers and, and, uh, you know, all the stuff that they brought or whatever. And I thought that was just kind of amazing because, uh, you know, the unit existed, but to actually have the, uh, the aircraft numbers for the three aircraft that were the last ones to, to land and take off again. Uh, that's something that uh, maybe we can get on a sheet, you know, for, to represent that specific unit for HE-111s. And, um, I know there's some, uh, some Stukas, We'd like to put together, you know, Kevin has a bunch of Stukas, uh, Stuka sheets already, and um, I may be able to use some of those. There's, um, and, and talking about Stukas, it kind of reminds me of something you touched on earlier, Kevin. You were saying, you know, your sheets often cover a really wide range for that particular unit, and you did some Stukas for Malta, and uh, it was awesome because not only did it include, uh, a, a squadron, but it also include the staff, some some markings for some staff, and the nose art for the for the squadron over you know a long period. So depending on what period you want to represent, you could you know the, the hobbyist could could do it that way. I thought that was really clever and really thoughtful to do that. Um, but as far as stuff that's on the horizon, it's really the biggest thing I've got going. Uh, I'm looking at my stack of stuff behind my desk right now. It's um, it's all stuff for Stalingrad. So um looking at this. I was about to say that was a long road to you're still not done with Stalingrad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not done. You're right. I'm I'm actually not done with Malta. I'm painting neither am I. So that's that's the yeah. problem is I shouldn't be thinking about MIGs because I'm not done with Malta. Uh but thankfully, uh, there are plenty of RAF squadrons that Kevin already has that uh, can cover me for that. So I've got my decals. That's I cannot use that. Uh, Kevin, you can't be my excuse. I'm sorry. I can't say that my stuff's not done because I'm waiting on decals. Um, but going out there and looking at some of the other things you've done, you've obviously got some fantasy on there. You've got some ships. You've got um, so, some ground force decals. Uh, what's probably been the uh, the strangest uh, series of decals that you've you've worked on recently? Um, I know previously you've kind of told us some of the stories about things you worked on, but what what this time um, has been just kind of a unique challenge that's been out of the box? Oh, it's hard to say. I'd have to, to almost go back and look at the website to see what's uh, there's some stuff for the 82nd Airborne. Which, uh, it's it's. Not, What's, uh, what scale uh, was the 82nd Airborne? Was it the kind of stuff where, where you're fighting to get those little small uh, insignia decals? Like, like kind of happened when I threw you the Brazilian Expeditionary Force for the <laughs> for the yeah. uh, my dust uh, it's figures. A, it's, it's a labor of love because it was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was in the 82nd years ago, and uh, the customer was in the 82nd, and uh, so it, I, he must have the 82nd a couple of times over for different periods but it it included bumper numbers some of the uh the sheridan that uh i had the m551 oh, oh, nice. <laughs> uh yeah they were my, in my company and that's uh, cool i want to say they were one 100 scale uh shoulder patches the you know dude shoulder patch dude flag bumper numbers uh wow that kind of stuff yeah, well, I promise I will not send you any of the bureau numbers from any of the F-18s that I flew, uh, simply because they will be all subdued, <laughs> and you will lose your mind putting 164-888 and all those other different aircraft on there. So I think we'll hold off on that for a while. I have plenty of, of other projects out there. Um, for some of your stuff like your ships and your boats, uh, has that mostly been uh, the Cruel Seas type scale stuff, or has it been larger? What scales are you seeing out there for that? For those, the uh, Cruel Seas is still popular at one three hundred scale, and then uh, some of the other Warlord games, I guess the twenty eight millimeter, uh, and I've had some of those for landing craft, one of decals, and then one one hundred scale landing craft as well. And uh, I guess there's one one tank in particular that was somebody wanted the fighting girlfriend, 
T34. I think yeah, the driver I just, was. I just saw that. That was. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, I didn't realize you had that set out there. It was uh, a 28 millimeter T34. I wanted the the mark. So that's the only thing on that sheet is the uh, for that one tank. Good. Well, conveniently, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Pacific ships in here. Hint, hint. Uh, and things that will uh, work out well for <laughs> for doing some uh, some midway work later in the year. Uh, so obviously, we'll have to be getting with you and uh, Brett. I know you've got several models there that uh, you're probably you're probably mostly done with, um, but we may have other ones that you need uh, decal support. Was was everything that you did on your uh, your sh last series of ships was that all decal or was that uh, pretty much hand done, hand painted? were just all hand painted they're so small i didn't i didn't even consider doing decals for those well then i'll say don't go out to his website and look for u.s navy and imperial japanese navy carrier decals because they're out there oh man <laughs> well you know that's that's really something because the round l's for the the decks of those japanese carriers would be probably really handy because i don't i don't want to do <laughs> things in hindsight you wish you had <laughs> right right I, I haven't done any japanese carriers yet but i'm thinking that's going to be a must-have right yeah uh <laughs> okay yeah there there's a i forget what scale those are the flight deck decals that i have yeah. i think they're one three thousandth it says so so uh we may yeah. need to to rescale them but it's pretty darn close and they look nice i looked at that and i'm just like Oh wow, that is so much easier than putting, especially on the Japanese carriers and the IJN carriers, all their wind markings and everything else. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's just brilliant, even at that small scale. Well, to to make our lives easier, uh, and this might hurt business wise, but it'll save me time and might save the customer time. There's a, a company called Flight Deck Decal, and they specialize in decals, aircraft carrier flight decks. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. See, there, that's the funny thing about the, getting a hobby that's kind of a crossover for models as Blood Red Skies kind of is, because now that we've got Airstrike, all of a sudden we need targets, we need uh, ships, we need all these other things. Uh, I had never gone looking for flight deck decals, and see, you just taught me something there. I didn't even know that, that such a company existed. That I will definitely not look at that site or else I'll be building ships. I just got a couple of uh, submarines and... I got the HMS Illustrious. It literally just came late last week in 1 to 2400 scale for uh, Malta. <laughs> yeah, that'll keep us busy for a while. Well, awesome. Uh, Kevin, is there anything new on the horizon that you're working on that you want to talk about? Any uh, any other projects, any things that are changing with uh, miscellaneous miniatures and, and what you're offering? Uh, any upcoming ideas? Let's see. Uh... The new ones on the horizon, I think I mentioned a, a few of them. The B-29s, uh, one two hundred scale Indian Air Force and Red Chinese, Iranian F-14s, uh, South African Air Force and Iraqi Mirage F-1s, uh, a U.S. F-14 or two uh, for Libya. And let's see. Uh, for the Pacific, uh, maybe one or two new sheets for Midway. Uh, kind of round out at least uh, the aircraft, uh, the complete aircraft from one aircraft carrier. So you get the Wildcat, the the uh, Dauntless, and the Devastator. Right now, I think I have a hodgepodge, a couple of from this carrier, a couple from that carrier, a couple from another one. But, well, I, but think that, I think that would help because that would be the, the nice thing, at least for Blood Red Skies players, is the uh, the way Andy has built the scenarios, they are, they're, they're very small scale. They're, they're carrier-specific um and that way people could then come out and go okay that's exactly the decal set i need to go through uh the entire air wing and not have to worry about modeling kind of like i do <laughs> across the the span of what was actually there yeah and then and then uh many of those the decals sheets that i have now for midway were the initial decal sheets i did years ago when uh i guess check your six was the popular game and uh People were playing, they were pushing around four or eight models at a, or for the U.S. And then on the Japanese side, they were doing three, six, or, or nine. And a lot of those sheets need to be redone uh, because I, I've i learned some stuff. I get more decals on the sheet and because they're on the old letter size paper instead of A4. Those, those will have to be redone, not necessarily 
great idea about doing them for the carrier group. That's especially, I think, helpful for the IGN, IJN stuff because I find those unit designations really confusing and hard to understand. But if it was as simple as, you know, here's the aircraft for the hear you or whatever, you, you, it, I wouldn't even have to think hard. Yeah. And uh, I don't I I kind of uh, you know as a tribute to uh, Torpedo 8 that which you know was wiped out except for one man uh I'd model them but the Dauntlesses didn't participate in the battle really. Yeah, you know the the funny thing is you sit there and you look at all the different aircraft that were there and those that were influential and we think about there there's a lot of other aircraft that people want to model uh between all the Army Air Force aircraft, and then obviously the Marine Squadron with uh, VMF-221. Um, there were some aircraft that didn't have a whole lot of play in the overall fight, uh, but were still a contributing effort that, I, you know, obviously for me as a as a retired Marine, I'm going to model the ugly Brewster Buffaloes that I'm embarrassed to fly, <laughs> but model those for VMF-221 because those actually were a factor. Uh, at one point, even though they kind of were a speed bump for the uh, for the IJ and aircraft, uh, they were something that was out there. And something else you need to go with those are the Vindicators. Yeah, yeah that, that also goes down the embarrassing aircraft fielded by the Marine Corps. <laughs> that's it right there, uh, VMSB-241. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's uh, that will be a project for this summer as we start moving towards Midway, and I, I get some breathing room after uh, after Malta. This is what's going to happen. We're going to, you know, right now I'm in heads down display mode, painting up Malta. And then I've got a stack of stuff behind me for uh, Stalingrad, but I'm thinking, oh, I've got this well in hand. I'm going to get, you know, I was telling Kevin earlier, I was like, I don't even know what unit sheets I need at this moment. Right now I'm just painting this. I'm just literally like, I got to get light blue on the bottom of these BF 109s right now. That's all I'm thinking about. But but it's all still feels very manageable. Like, okay, no problem. I got two months. I'm going to get through this. It's all well in hand. But then as soon as that's done, it's going to be something else. It's going to be Midway or some other A4, F4s for Vietnam or something. Well, as I, say, something I think that's really the reason why I don't want Andy and everyone to open a can of worms with another era is I'm still not painted through World War II in Korea. <laughs> There's plenty of work that's still going to be done there. So uh, I don't know that I'm, I'm ready to move on in the sense that I'm, I'm going to have to obviously make a Pacific push just to get stuff for Midway. Um, but Kevin, I, I know that we're going to be coming to you to do Guadalcanal stuff because that's obviously going to have uh, some supplements that are coming out, some more stuff for bolt action with uh, with Marianas campaigns and and a variety of different things going on. And holy crap, I don't know that, that we're ever going to get on this reactionary uh, pace of what the next series of models to uh, to get painted are. So at least that's good for you. You'll, we'll keep you in business. <laughs> yeah, I've already got some Guadalcanal, so there. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Well, because actually that's where I started. So that was that was the funny thing was I, I had acquired uh, models just kind of playing around doing some Guadalcanal and, and Pacific stuff. But as soon as this, this train wreck of Malta and, and uh, Stalingrad and then MIG Alley hit, that totally got derailed. So I have some sample models painted, but not entire uh, entire six aircraft squadrons. Well, have you noticed that that at least we talked a little bit about the shift from Check Your Six over to Blood Red Skies? Has it caused uh, a little bit of a shift in the way you do your decals? Because now Blood Red Skies kind of really works around the six models or six plus an ace, so seven models sometimes. Um, has that had to shift how you produce your uh, your decals? Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh... Yeah, how many can I get on the sheet reasonably, and, and still you give the customer room to maneuver a knife or a pair of scissors to to get the images out? Put as many on there so he doesn't have to buy multiple sheets. Whereas before it was, you know, nobody's buying more than you know four aircraft from Dave. Uh, so, yeah, working close with Dave is they buy four from him, have a decal sheet for four. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I think so, that's. That's going to be an interesting change as yes. we've gone to the Jets. Six or seven. So, and now Dave's saying, you know, give me 12 or 14 aircraft worth of decals. People are buying, you know, even, even if the number didn't exist. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, I like think 24 be, of them. <laughs> there's going to be points to that where people are going to look at me and go, you know, so what port number is that? I'm like, just don't worry about it. It's just one that we painted on the side of this Russian aircraft because I need more Russians. <laughs> Especially as people keep opening, uh, you know, the can of worms of uh, of Cold War stuff they want to model. And someone I think the other day 
mentioned wanting to model um, B-29. It was a uh, it was actually a Washington bomber. So it was an RAF B-29 escorted by NATO F-86s blundering into uh, Russian MiG-15s. And I just was like, that's awesome. That's great. Oh, my God. That's yet even more Air Forces I'm not ready for. <laughs> So there's definitely a demand out there in the Blood Red Skies community, and that's a good thing, I guess, for all of us, because it, it'll keep us busy, uh, and we're not painting the same armies over and over again, kind of like how I felt I was in uh, in 40K uh, with the, the same uh, the same grind to finish 2,000 points of little space marines instead of a, uh, a quick six aircraft uh, paint job. I was thinking of you, Kevin, last week, because I was just reading through the uh, Sandstorm campaign thing from warlord games for blood red skies and if you're not familiar with it it's a way where you can play us like a historical setting uh in this case it was a western desert uh luftwaffe versus raf but you could um uh you know there was like dice roll mechanics and stuff to you know even so far as name your individual pilots and stuff but depending on the outcome of the games you play with your buddy there's different buffs or whatever that your individual pilots could earn, you know, and if, you know, if they have enough successes in a row, they maybe increase their pilot skill and things like that. You can, I think you actually earn points through the play of the game where you could then spend those points to, um, you know, bring in new pilots and stuff to replace ones that were shot down, stuff like that. But anyway, there was, a, there was one chart I thought was kind of cool where to give special credit to noteworthy pilots or whatever, I guess you could roll on the, and I don't, I don't remember how exactly it worked, but I think if you, if certain aircraft achieve certain achievements by being super successful in, sec, in, 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 in numerous games, you can then go to this chart and roll dice to determine what their special uh, individual nose art would be. And, uh, you know, it's a whole little graph, depending on what you rolled on, maybe like a 2D6 or something, the guy gets a devil's face or a lion or you know, shark's teeth or something like that. So there was, you know, might've been a dozen different uh, possibilities. And I thought, yep, somebody's going to be bugging Kevin to make a sheet for that. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, I, was about to say, I think we ought to cut and paste that and, uh, and send it to Kevin to go, Kevin, buddy, why don't you make a, uh, <laughs> a sandstorm uh, sheet with all the custom nose art? <laughs> uh, copy. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking at it right now i'm uh i'm pulling up sandstorm let's see if i can find it uh, i can't find it so i've got it somewhere oh it's probably i know nobody's going to be hand painting that stuff oh yeah, yeah. at yeah. that size yeah but and a lot of that stuff i can't it, i can uh make my interpretation of can right, right. it up oh certainly not it it was all um in fact it when i saw it i thought I bet a lot of that stuff already exists. It would just be. Oh yeah. It's, kind of it's pretty it. straightforward. I mean, you look at it and there's, you know, animal motifs, mythical beasts, um, even the ones, there's only two of them in the, uh, in the cartoons you couldn't do, uh, cause they'd be trademarked would be Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse, but it's things like, you know, lucky dice, a fan of playing cards, the grim reaper, you know, you could do, uh, you could certainly do those. Um, obviously not the Axis or allied celebrities, but <laughs> don't need to be making anybody's likeness on the uh, on the decal and getting in trouble for that. What would that be like, Betty Boop or something? Yeah, <laughs> there are quite a, quite a few different ones there in Sandstorm. But anyway, those are those are some of the cool things that obviously people might be requesting uh, soon, and we'll see once again where where all the expansions uh, for Blood Red Skies go because there's there's so much. Uh, I want to say opposite polar poles right now people really want to see world war ii filled out with a lot more aircraft um they're starting to see this this decision to make some more korean air aircraft so um the the fact that warlord is going to do direct order uh f9 panthers and pad shooting stars that's going to create some more demand there um but there always is all the other outliers that say hey what about my uh, my modern jets or, or my Vietnam era jets. So we'll see what Warlord does with that. Hopefully uh, it won't detract from, from continuing to fill out the rest of the line and, and the rest of the projects that are set this year. Well, Kevin, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. I know we've uh, we've talked for almost an hour now and really used up everybody's time talking about decals where all the hardcore players are like, I don't care. I play with unpainted airplanes. And then all of us look at them and laugh and go, that's fine. We enjoy having our airplanes look like they belong in the Second World War. But thanks for all the time that you've uh, taken. Uh, in closing, are there, uh, are there any minute, you know, tips and tricks you want to throw anyone's way uh, working with those decals or anything you've seen people uh, have difficulty with in the past? 
Uh, the uh, the only trick that I've seen recently, and I, I think I posted on my website as well, is uh, for some of the very small decals, and, instead of cutting them out and soaking them and trying to get the, the decal to, you know, off of the paper and then with a brush or something, move it over to the, the model. They actually put a drop of water on the model where the decal is going to go. And then they put the decal still on the paper on the drop of water. And then after a couple of minutes, they just kind of work the decal off of the paper straight onto the model, which I, I usually lift it with a paintbrush or something like that and move it a couple of inches from the, the paper model. I thought that was a trick. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. That feels like cheating because I don't know why I didn't think of doing it that way <laughs> with some of the small little <laughs> individual kill markings and everything else. But I guess I'm not yeah. that smart. But yeah, no, that, that's that's definitely why not. Yeah, that that makes a heck of a lot more sense than the way I was doing business. So trying to get that just exactly off of the uh, off the backing paper and smoothly put it on there uh, in one motion. Yeah, that didn't always that always work so well. Yeah, that probably worked for uh, for one side or. You know, let it dry and then do another. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you start putting a couple of drops on, and then the ones you just did are like, well, yeah, that, that's that's why I would always run into, especially with the RAF and their stupid letters on either side of their roundels. Uh, and as soon as I'd get something positioned right where I'd want it, I'd invariably knock the other one and put too much uh, setting solution or something there, and it would pop that one up. So that is that is always a trial. Brett, anything uh, in parting that you want to offer? I just want to say again, thanks, Kevin, because you've done a lot to enhance the hobby experience. It's a lot of fun to be able to, there's a lot of, um, we said this a bunch of times just in our previous episodes about sort of that completion satisfaction to be able to, you know, really fairly quickly get a significant number of models on the table. And what you produce makes those models look really super fantastic. And I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I'll give the shameless plug out there. If you have not gone to miscellaneous minis recently, Kevin has a lot more aircraft uh, with the decals up on the site. So if you want to see what it looks like actually on the airframe for a lot of these, uh, that's out there. Uh, shameless plug is some of those are Brett's images uh, of some of his. I know it's the HE-111s are out there already. Um, so if you haven't seen them on our website, you want to see what the decals look like uh, on the uh, on the aircraft out there, go out to miscmini, M-I-S-C-M-I-N-I.com. Uh, and you can go through the shop and you'll be overwhelmed with all the different decals and different options that you have out there. And once again, if you don't see it, don't panic. Shoot Kevin an email. He may have it, may be able to design it. Uh, or worst case, he'll start from scratch and he'll let you know what the time estimate is on all that. But Kevin, you've been a great help to the community. I want to thank you for that. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Very well. Thanks for having me.